Blog Talk Radio. Don't touch me. I'll beat your brains out. You believe in miracles? Yes! I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Let's get ready to I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Gypsy, there's no one like me, I'm from Nairclaw, there's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart, I want to eat his children. Down goes Fraser, down goes Fraser. I think that the NFL knows what Randy Moss has done with marijuana, and I think the NFL knows what Randy Moss does with marijuana. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Dino. I just hope we can win a game. Good morning, and thank you for joining me. Those of you already on Facebook Live, the millions, obviously, listening around the world on Blog Talk Radio, live from Hollywood, California. This is Tough Love. I'm Alistair Conrad. Hopefully, everybody's having a great Sunday morning. Dino, top of the morning to you, bud. How you doing? Um, week 15 of the NFL, uh, obviously, a huge playoff implication in many games. Uh, bring up all the games here, so I'll have that in front of me. Um, obviously, the biggie, arguably the biggie of the day, um, is Patriots and Steelers. Uh, but also, you could argue Dallas and Indianapolis. Who would have thought that before the season started? Dallas at Indianapolis, week 15, would be so huge. I think if Dallas actually wins, and I hate. Dallas, by the way, I hate the Cowboys, but I think if they win, uh, they will have clinched the NFC East, uh, I'm pretty sure. And then Indianapolis, if they win, um, they're still in a tussle with Tennessee and Houston, but um, they obviously need that win, too. Uh, But Green Bay at Chicago, uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, can they continue Moving forward without McCarthy and pull off the upset in Chicago um, with a defense that is just absolutely crazy. Minnesota playing at home against Miami. <laughs> Buffalo. That's all I got to say, and I'll get to that. Um, you know, it's interesting. Yesterday, we saw a couple uh, games that included two quarterbacks of the future. Um, with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson. Um, And it's funny, too, because today, again, New England at Pittsburgh, Tom Brady at Big Ben. Granted, the series itself has been definitely tilted towards New England. But, you know, this is – the NFL, because it's so entertaining, because it's so popular, because – there's always new, fresh talent coming. You know, the, the greatest of their time fade away slowly and, and gently. And so, therefore, Chad, what's up, bud? Therefore, you have a Tom Brady. 
arguably the best ever to play. Big Ben, one of the greatest to ever play. Both of those are in the twilight of their career. And you have people like Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson, <clears throat> excuse me, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, so forth, ready to take the reins. You know, you could throw Matthew Stafford, obviously, in there, um, and, and Russell Wilson. But they're ready to take over. Just like, you, you know, you can go back just to the 70s even, late 60s, early 70s. Terry Bradshaw, Fran Tarkington, Bob Greasy, they handed off the torch to Joe Montana and the class of 83 with Elway. (laughs) I love it. Dino, I know. Who's the nerd with the glasses talking football? Um, I've never wore the glasses before, but it's incredible when – you have to wear glasses, you know, and I don't have to all the time. I'll go off on this tangent for a sec, but it's amazing. They really help. You know, I mean, if I took them off and stared at my computer screen right now, you know, I mean, it would be somewhat blurry. I'd be able to make it out, but you know, you put them on, you're like, ah, they're, they're there for a reason. They work. It's pretty impressive. Uh, but either way, like I say, those quarterbacks of the 70s gave way to the quarterbacks of the 80s. You know, your Tarkington and, and, and Bradshaw and Greasy and so forth, Plunkett, gave way to Montana and, and Elway and Marino and uh, those quarterbacks. And then, uh, you know, in the early 90s, they gave way to Aikman and Steve Young and Brett Favre. And this, uh, it's so gradual when you blink, you miss it. And today... With Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, this is one of the last times we'll be able to see it. So all I'm saying is appreciate it when you have the chance. Because like all good things, this will end. And Brady and Roethlisberger, it's somewhat taken for granted. Um, Not by me, but, you know, by the masses, definitely. And so therefore, you just kind of have to appreciate what you're watching. I mean, it's two of the best to ever play the position. A huge game, by the way, with playoff implications. But again, <coughs> Brett Favre's gone, Peyton Manning's gone. And, you know, I mean, again, because the game is so great, you know, you just get caught up in the next week, in the next year. And so, therefore, you're like, oh, yeah, Favre played his last year last year. And Manning and so forth. And that's going to be the same with Brady and Roethlisberger. So, today appreciate it i will say this how crazy is cleveland tom what's up bud good to see you i love it uh you know i mean cleveland is just they first off they've won four of five by the way and and my buddy i can thank mark my buddy mark for for you know shooting this i think on instagram or something but he showed a screenshot of cleveland having a better record right now than than the green bay packers I mean, no, no shade on Cleveland by any means. But if you're a Packer fan, that would suck. That, that would suck. Cleveland, and I love it. I, Baker Mayfield, you know, is to me, you know, nobody's really made this comparison. But I believe he's a lot like Brett Favre. His, his 
ability to continue the play, his fearlessness on attempting almost any throw doesn't have the arm talent that Favre has. I don't think anybody ever has the arm talent that Favre had. But his confidence in himself to make the throw, not only that, but what he does on the sidelines, being able to fire up his team. The difference is Brett Favre in the media wasn't as intense. Baker Mayfield doesn't give a fuck. He's, and that's why I love him. He, he and I are a lot alike. We're so competitive, but at the same time, really good locker room guys. You know, in the sense of I love the locker room. I love it. No women allowed. No, no feelings getting hurt. It's just dudes. And I just love it because anything goes and you're able to just have fun and nobody's getting mad or they're butthurt about it. And it, I'm great in those situations. And I feel like that's what people love Baker for his ability, not only excel on the field, but his ability to elevate the players around him and, and, and motivate them and make them feel good about themselves and just really get that fire in them. And I, I love Baker Mayfield and, uh, you know, all the talk about him coming in the league and everybody, oh, he's going to be the next Johnny Manziel. You, I mean, that's very short-sighted, you know, especially with the upbringings that they had. He is nothing like Johnny Manziel, absolutely zero. And not only because of the play on the field, but just his moxie and his makeup. He's not a spoiled-ass rich kid, you know, and he's worked for everything. And I think that's where he has that somewhat chip on the shoulder of, I'm going to prove you all wrong. I've always had to prove everybody wrong, and I'm going to keep doing it, keep doubting me type of mindset. But on top of that, his leadership ability, you can see it. You know, can't remember what the um, the phrase is, but, uh, you know, talent sees talent. And I, I know that's not it, but I see his ability, his motivational ability. And, and a lot of people don't get it. They think he's too brash. You know, that's a, the word that's thrown a lot, around a lot is always too brash. He's just, he's a good dude, you know, and that's our society's fault and society's problem is looking at somebody like him and, oh, he speaks his mind. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid, you know, like we don't want that. We don't want anybody speaking their mind, you know, otherwise we label them as brash or, oh, it's tough to get along with. No, that dude's good. And he's good for the locker room. He's good for the team. Obviously, those things, yeah, I should take these off, but now I can't. <laughs> Dino says they can see the porn reflecting off my glasses. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing I'm not watching for now that I you can see the reflection what that is. Uh so either way, Cleveland, six, seven, and one. They are going to be a team to watch for the foreseeable future, and I love it. I love it. I'm sure the city of Cleveland is so excited. And uh, you know, shit on them all you want. Cleveland, the city itself, so forth. But I'm excited. Baker can do. I'm excited for Nick Chubb, their defense. I they have just got a good thing going, and hopefully, and I'm not a Greg Williams fan because of in 09 what the Saints did to Brett Favre and the cheap shots they did to the Vikings. But you know what? Water under the bridge, so be it. You know the it is what it is. 
And they, he's a good coach, though. He's good for that city. He's good for that team. The offensive coordinator is good for Baker. I hope they all just keep everything they got and keep building off of it. I love to see this type of stuff. I love to see this. I, I love Baker. Uh, and Cleveland is obviously trending upwards. But, again, the whole point of this and the basis of the, this is the future. Baker is the future. Deshaun Watson yesterday at New York Jets down three points five minutes to go, and they come back and, you know, score ten points. Deshaun Watson is fantastic. You know, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, you know, there's a slew of really, really good quarterbacks, up-and-coming young quarterbacks uh, who are ready to take the reins. Uh, And so, therefore, appreciate Brady Roethlisberger today because, you know what, it could be one of the last two three times we ever get to see that happen. Uh, So appreciate it while you can. Uh, As for the Vikings, obviously they fired John DeFilippe bag on Monday or Tuesday, I guess, early Tuesday morning. And, you know, are going with uh, Kevin Stefanski, who, by the way, was a, a candidate interviewed actually for the offensive coordinator job, been with the Vikings since 06. He's who knows? He's never called plays before, but all of the Packers last week after firing Mike McCarthy, it's always the proverbial foot in the ass motivation when something like this happens. And it just so happens, you know, by the way, Packers shithouse whoever they played last week, a lot to a little. And that's probably why the motivation, the, the, you know what, let's step up. Let's not, you know, let this defeat us the vikings hopefully will will you know take this as a positive and really house the dolphins today there's a lot of things you know that plays well for the vikings today going up against the dolphins even though the dolphins are seven and six coming off that last second miami miracle we saw what happened by the way when the vikings had the Minneapolis miracle. What happened the next week in Philadelphia? Uh, we got shithoused in the NFC championship game. So maybe the Dolphins are flying a little too high and will come in. And not only that, but the Vikings play really well against a stationary quarterback. They play well defending the run. Miami is a run first team. They're not prolific passing the ball. Um, you know, I mean, this should be a pretty convincing Vikings win today. <laughs> Dolphins by 10. <laughs> um, it, honestly, though, yeah, I mean, that's funny, Ryan, but, you know, the, the Vikings should win this going away. And, and no lie, the Vikings should win this by 10 or more. They really should. And dominate. And not only that, B-Rab, not only that, but, again, a motivational, a, a false motivation like getting rid of an offensive coordinator who is being wildly ineffective wildly malcontent and insubordinate to the head coach who wants you to run and you're like ah fuck you i'm not doing it so yeah deuces it should give the vikings motivation today to really step it up and house the dolphins and let's not forget everybody says yeah kirk cousins isn't doing well and that's true there's no doubt about it. Kurt has, hasn't been really effective in the past month. He started off the season really well. 
and and incorporating things and De Felipeag was helping out and and calling plays right and stuff like that. Pat Shermer last year had the Vikings second in the league in run pass percentage. He was second in the league in play action pass. And that was with Case Keenum. That wasn't with a guy who is known as a play action passer like Kirk Cousins. This year, DeFelipe Bag had the Vikings 30th in the, in the rush, rushing yards per game. They were second to last in play passing. This is with a quarterback who is known for his play action. And you're like, nah, nah, fuck it. I'm not doing it. Uh, you know, I mean, he might be a good coach. He might be a good coach. But there are, as a coach, you have to play to your players' talents. And by by completely disregarding the play action, and also completely ignoring the run game, all that does is let a defense, and I've said this a thousand times, but all it does, and Ryan, this will, this will answer why Cousins is oblivious to pride. He is not oblivious to pocket pressure. He is overly concerned with the pocket pressure. Why? Because the defense doesn't, they don't respect the fact that the Vikings are ever going to run. Why? Because they say they don't. 30th in the league in, in pass rush percentage. You can't do that. I, I can't remember who it was. There's a, a, a team that's like seven percentage points higher. Tennessee, I think it's Tennessee, is at 39%. A team that is prolific for running the football. Or maybe it was Seattle. Tennessee or Seattle. A team that is prolific at running. They are still seven percentage points higher. 39 to 32 over the Vikings in just pass run difference. You can't do that. In the NFL, you get found out really fast. And if all you're going to do is pass the ball, unless you are the greatest show on turf, unless you're Kansas City, you can't sustain it. And if a defense knows that all you're going to do is pass, all they get to do is rush you. So therefore, yes, Cousins has looked wildly uncomfortable in the pocket. Why? Because the defense is coming at him with their ears back. And they don't respect the run. And that is why ignoring the play action is just blasphemous. How, do you, how are you going to ignore the play action, which freezes the linebackers, even if it's for a second, along with the D-line, just to give you that split-second extra of, of time in the pocket? And default bag completely ignored that. Said, ah, whatever. You know, it's the greatest show on turf got Kurt, Kurt Warner killed. Matt, was it Matt Bulger? Matt, why did I say Whitey Bulger? Matt Bulger killed in the pocket. Granted, they put up numbers, but everybody knew they were going to pass. And so you just rush the passer, and therefore that is why Cousins is playing the way he is lately. Because after eight weeks, seven weeks of just throwing it, eventually – a team that is game planning you says, well, I mean, they're obviously not going to change. And so we're just going to rush the passer and we will let them get theirs running the football 
because ah, whatever, they're not going to stick to us. They're not going to stick to us. And the Vikings haven't stuck to it. Even with Zimmer the last week, or I'm sorry, the last month, pining, bitching, and complaining, throwing those passive-aggressive jabs at Defoleetbag, trying to get him to do it. And he won't do it. So, yeah, deuces. Beat it. You're not, you're not doing what is right for the team. Mind you, all you have to do is look as far south as New Orleans. You've got a fame quarterback who has got a record for four years, over 5,000 yards passing. He can throw the ball around. It's Drew fucking Breeze. But they've got Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, who can run and run it really well. There's not that big a difference, honestly, between Delvin Cook, Latavius Murray, and Kamara and Ingram. There's not. The only difference, New Orleans to the run. They are second in run pass difference. They run it, I think it's 44% of the time. The Vikings ran it 45 or 46% of the time last year, and they were 13-3, and and their offense did really well with Case Keenum. Now you go away from play action, something that Kirk Cousins does especially well, and you wonder what's going on. I think Mike Zimmer knew what's going on. We all did. What the hell's going on? Get rid of him. So hopefully Kevin Stefanski can come in today. He's never called plays before, so you never know what's going to happen. But hopefully he comes in today. And, and just, you don't have to just run it all the time, but you have to be able to play to your players' strengths. And play action is a Kirk Cousins strength. That's it. It's that simple. Oh, and by the way, run the goddamn ball. You've got Dalvin Cook. You've got Latavius Murray. Don't be so predictable. That is what is, that's what ruined the Vikings and Kirk Cousins up to this point. That's why they are whatever they are, seven, six, and one. What are they? Hold on. They are, yeah, seven, no, six, six, and one. Hoping to be seven, six, and one. Hey, you know, I mean, the Vikings are in the last, last playoff spot right now. If they win out, they're in the playoffs. Granted, they'll probably have to go to Chicago. I'm not scared really of that though. As long as you can play call right, I'm honestly I'm not that scared. The last time we played at Chicago, they got shit house Anthony. <laughs> they got shit house only because <laughs> they didn't run the football. And Chicago of all defenses, of all defenses, you're just gonna sit back and like let Chicago with with Mac and everybody else just rush you. Yeah, that's smart. Super smart. So how about if that happens, if it's uh, Vikings going to the Bears in the first round of the playoffs, wild card round, run the ball and, and play good defense, which you can against Trubisky in that offense, you can, but just run the ball, play action, freeze Khalil Mack a little bit. I mean, it's that tough. How often on this show do I say football's not that hard? It's not. Just play to your strengths. If your offensive line is a little weak in pass protection, don't fucking pass it all the time. I mean, damn it. It's not that difficult to figure out. 
Oh, I love it. Uh, so anyway, I honestly, I, I, I'm thinking Vikings win big. The only thing that concerns me is Buffalo. That week three loss will forever haunt this team. They should be seven, five and one right now. Right. And a little bit more in a driver's position, still possibly having a chance to win the division. Uh, but because of that game, because of just the sheer bomb that was dropped that game, I have a hard time just 100% committing to should be a Vikings win and an easy win, even though the Dolphins are 7-6, and six, have a better percentage than the Vikings do through 14 weeks. I still don't think Miami styles make fights. And Miami's style plays right into the Vikings' defense. And I, I truly believe the Vikings should win by a lot today. And, I, you know, by a lot, I mean like 10-plus. I, I, I would be surprised if it was 17 or more, honestly. But I'm terrified to put money on them simply because, you know, of, uh, of that situation. Um, again, Indianapolis home against the Cowboys today. Big game. Um, I don't know what to think of that game. I thought the Colts were going to go in and, and, you know, lose to Houston. They end up winning that game. Dallas is obviously on a tear, but they're such a different team away from Dallas, um, you know, than they are in Dallas. Um, I don't know. Obviously, it all depends on how Dallas does against Andrew Luck and that offense. Is T.Y. Hilton 100%? Um, hopefully not, being that I'm playing against him. Uh, go Bears, Wendy. You know, I, the Bears should beat the Packers. They should. But Aaron Rodgers is, I want to say, 62 or something like that against Chicago. I don't think they've lost to Chicago in Chicago since 2010 or 11, something like that. And, yes, things are different. It should be different, but it's Aaron Rodgers. It's the Bears. Aaron generally beats the Bears. And so, I, you know, I mean, again, that's why they play the games. I'm so excited, by the way. The Minnesota-Miami has no business, no business being on TV here in Los Angeles locally. It's on locally and I don't have to go to the bar and spend any money uh watching it on direct tv I get to sit my ass on the couch next to Wu, who's laying over there and pray that my fantasy team uh you know doesn't shit the bed you know I'm telling you right now injuries and screw your Hilton for 50 by the way Anthony <laughs> pray that doesn't happen but I've got I've got James Conner I've got uh Kerryon Johnson uh, who's my other uh, running back? I'm trying to think. I've got two others. Who, they're, they're out. They're all out. And, uh, you know, this is semifinal time, and I'm going in with basically Adrian Peterson and Peyton Barber. Uh, I mean, it's just – it's unfortunate. It's not good. Um, and so I have a feeling I'm going to lose, and it just sucks. Uh, the, only, the only light that I have at the end of the tunnel – is the fact that um, I'm playing against a guy who's got Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey, um, and I'm thinking that they are going to get killed uh, by New Orleans. Even though that game is at home tomorrow night, 
I think Carolina is going to get killed in that game um, and give up because that's what Cam Newton does. And that's why I hate Cam Newton. But I, I pray that's what happens. I pray New Orleans beats him so bad, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in it. I'm still in it. And I hope Adrian Peterson gets like 30 carries today against Jacksonville because <laughs> um, that game is going to be like nine to three. Um, hopefully it's like 21 to 10 and AP gets uh, uh, three touchdowns and like 150 yards. That'd be hilarious. Uh, but things aren't looking good for me in both of my leagues. And the worst part about it is I finished first in both of my leagues. Both my leagues, I finished first, tied for first in one. First overall in the other one. And I'm going to end up losing in both my semifinals. And it's bullshit, bullshit. As you can see, I'm salty as shit about it. <laughs> but uh, real quick, that Thursday night game between the Chiefs and the Chargers, You've talked about this before. I got a minute left. I hate the officiating this year. The NFL is so lucky that they have a, 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 a product that we all love and we are addicted to more than crack and heroin combined because between the ref and the officiating and these bullshit, you know, like don't touch me calls, um, it's getting tough to watch, honestly. There were calls in that game on Thursday night that, win the game for the Chargers. I don't have a horse in the race. I don't give a shit, but it's, it's bullshit, and it's, it's so frustrating, and it's getting tough to, to watch all these ghost calls and garbage calls. 10 Seconds Blog Talk, I love you guys. Have an awesome Sunday fun day. Drive fast, take chances. Facebook Live, you guys have a great day. Thanks for tuning in. Love you guys. Tough love is out. See you.